Good morning, everyone. What an honor it is to be able to get up and speak in front of so many smiling faces and people who just are so encouraging. Uh, I've been a part of Hope Church now for about 10 years and um, or something like that. And it's, it's flown by. It's, uh, and it's a church that I just absolutely love. It's a church that has given so much into my life. I can't begin to express um, and as a church, I'm so excited about, about what God's doing. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of this. So um, I just want to start by uh, praying. So, Yeah, thank you, Father, that we're here this morning. Thank you that you want to speak into our hearts. Thank you that you've already, you've already been among us in such a powerful worship time. Thank you that you are always here. You are. That we're the ones who separate ourselves from you, Lord. It's not you that we... And, uh, and we just want to be open now for whatever you want to do to us, whatever you want to say to us, Lord, that we just open our hearts to you and say, Lord, what you want to speak to us, speak to us, and we will respond. Yes, come on. So uh, we're talking about Ephesians. We are talking about uh, a humble masterpiece is my title. Um, we were asked, Andy was like, which bits of Ephesians does anyone want to preach on? I was like, this one, please, right now. <laughs> like, tags, I've got it, because uh, it's a, a chapter um, that I love. I, uh, you don't even really need to, um, you know, preach it. Uh, you could just read it, and it's amazing. Um, so, but I am going to do a bit more than that. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great honor to be here, but I'm actually going to kind of test test your guys' honor with my first slide in my introduction, so can we, can we have the, ne- oh, there it is, right, uh, I couldn't, <laughs> you would have some mixed responses, um, so I have an English accent, I was born in England, uh, brought up in England, I should support England, but my mum's South African and my dad's Dutch, and for some reason I've always supported South Africa in rugby and Holland in football, um, and, uh, and, you know, but even if uh, you are like an out, if you don't know what's happening, what I'm doing is I'm updating people on current affairs at the minute, and uh, South Africa actually won the Rugby World Cup, <laughs> if you didn't notice, um, and <laughs> it was an amazing World Cup, uh, and even if you were like, you know, a super diehard England fan, you couldn't help but feel a bit happy for South Africa, because it's just amazing um, what this has done for the country uh, of South Africa, and at the center of it is this guy, Sia Khaleesi, right there in the middle. And I read this tweet this week, um, Sia Khaleesi, uh, it's only a game, but Sia Khaleesi, who grew up in a township where his favorite toy was a brick, is about to lift the Rugby World Cup trophy. If that doesn't touch you, then you need to check your pulse. Um, <laughs> you know, I, this guy who was brought up in a township, who had nothing, who had to walk over seven kilometers to school, who lived on a a day on a peanut butter sandwich uh, he, he talked about how his dream was not to win the world cup his dream was to get like a meal and to know where his next meal was coming from and um, he could never imagine that he would be the guy here in the middle like as a kind of symbol um of of unity in a country which is so desperate for it and um, and he said this uh, i read this amazing quote from him Uh, While struggling with a lot of things personally, temptations, sins, and lifestyle choices, I realized I wasn't living according to what I was calling myself, uh, a follower of Christ. I was getting by, but I hadn't decided to fully commit myself to Jesus Christ and start living according to his way. 
Walking along a spiritual mentor, I've been able to discover the truth and the saving power of Christ in a whole new way. This new life has given me a peace in my heart I'd never experienced before, and I don't have to understand everything in life. And there are so many things that I don't, but I know God is in control of it all, and my job is to do the best I can and leave the rest in his hands. And I say, wow, come on. What a guy. What an absolute legend. What, like, he's, he's a humble beautiful person um, and and that just really struck me um, so the next slide is it's actually one of my friend's favorite memes that i had to put up for him old daniel hugh my friend um, and he you probably do know who kanye west is you've probably heard of him since if we go to the next slide uh, unlike lemmy there and um, he's been on the news as well this last week, uh, all of a sudden, and you might actually be thinking that, Kanye West, who has never heard of her? Um, but Kanye West actually is one of the biggest guys in pop music. He's been making uh, astounding, critically acclaimed albums for many years, which uh, I could never encourage anyone to listen to because the words are so profane. But um, he's recently said how he's, he, I mean, he started with his first album, his first song, Jesus Walks. You know, it's an outwardly Christian song. Um, and he's always said he's a Christian, he's always believed, but he, he kind of says in the, all these interviews recently how he was kind of doing things his own way and he was, he was trying to strategize himself and he was thinking of, he was like the god of his life and stuff and, and he ended up having these massive breakdowns um, that were like super, like the most public breakdowns in the middle of a stage at the biggest festival in the US and stuff like this. Um, and he, he's, he's since come to a new like realization of Jesus in his life like that actually Jesus has made a difference that actually he's gonna give in his life and Jesus is king of his life so much so that his newest album if you put the next slide is called Jesus is King in capital letters and as in the top of the billboards and doesn't even have a single swear word on it can you believe it like this guy uh, has totally changed and to look at his interviews recently it's astounding it's it's amazing. This guy speaks with like wisdom, and and uh, is it, when you look at his old interviews, it's, it's the, the craziest things to watch ever. I probably just wouldn't bother if I were you, honestly. But anyway, um, this uh, I just really what I was wanting to do is just find an excuse to talk about Kanye West um, in a sermon, and now I've managed to do it. So I've had to wait a long, long time to be able to do this. Um, but these two characters in my introduction, they have two things in, or they have, you know, many things in common, but they have uh, one thing in common in that they're both like characters who are high-profile people in the world, and they've both come to this realization that Christianity is about far more than just the belief in God, and that actually there's this saving power um, with it. And um, I want to kind of preface this talk with a question. Uh, what do you think of when you think of the gospel? And like, what would, what words come to mind? If someone came to you, is that, what is the gospel? What would you say? If you, now obviously it's gonna be different for whoever you're talking to us, I suppose, but, or maybe it's not. Maybe the gospel is just a verse from the Bible. Maybe it's, uh, well, it's not. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe you think it is, uh, I don't know. But I, like, I mean, that's not the point of my talk. The point of my talk is that, uh, 
I suppose if you were to put the gospel into a, word, a few words, like that would be a good way to explain it, wouldn't it? Jesus is king. I can't think of many better ways to explain it like that. But the truth is that the gospel is not a verse. It's not a few words. It's a, it's a massive, huge story, and it's got so many different facets to it. And if we focus on one part of it, we actually end up with something that's not true anymore. Um, it's like if uh, football... And you believe the football was all about tackling, and so you're like, let's tackle, 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 and you, you've just got to tackle, and you've got to get better, get, like, get better at tackling, and then you tackle someone, you're like, yeah, and you get the ball, and then you're like, I don't know what to do with it now. And you wait till someone tackles you, and then you get the ball, and yeah, I can tackle again, and you can start to, and you're not actually playing football anymore, are you? You're playing like some weird sport, and you know, some managers get, uh, I don't know, convicted of like, doing this, Jose Mourinho or something, you know, but uh, whatever it is. Um, football is not just tackling. Um, if you think about colors, like you've got purple, my daughter's favorite color, and it's made of red and blue, so I'm led to believe. And if you just keep like, adding red to it, and you just focus on the red in purple, and you just keep adding more and more red, at some point it becomes red, and it's not purple anymore. You know, like, actually truth the truth of the gospel is massive and it's huge and it has so many different facets and if we focus on one thing, we lose what the gospel actually is. It becomes untrue. And, and Ephesians 1 to 3 is all about the gospel. Like it's a gospel presentation, but it's not the same gospel presentation that you get elsewhere in the Bible. And actually there's lots of different gospel presentations in the Bible. And if you read through Acts or the gospel presentations, they don't actually look like the gospel presentations I was brought up with, which is really weird. And so Paul, to give a quick recap, in Ephesians 1, he's talked about how like, we're chosen in Christ um, and we're like part of this church, the glorious church, and Christ is going to fill all in all. And like, if you just read the whole of chapter 1 in a one you're like, you're buzzing. You're like, woo, this is awesome. This is amazing news. And then he gets to... Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. And you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And you're kind of like, oh, come on, Paul. Why did you have to drop the big S-bomb? You know, why do you have to talk about sins and all this kind of stuff? I was just getting excited. Why do you have to be such a, a party pooper? Um, but he does, and so I'm going to. And uh, I think it's actually really good. I, quite, I get quite excited about talking about sin, to be honest. Uh, a bit weird like that. But anyway... Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from this. So first of all, uh, and you were dead in your, I'll read it, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Um, oofed heavy hitting stuff there, Paul. Um, so sin in this is, and this is the ESV version, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, and it is interesting, there's differences in versions, hey? I don't know if you've noticed that, but wow, like when I read some versions, uh, they clearly come from a certain bias and a certain kind of theological background and you don't even realize it. And, you're like, and then you go and look and you're looking at the Greek words online and you're like, There's, that word is literally not there. Like that is, they just put that in there to kind of make it sense of it to them. Anyway, I found that ESV is not the funnest translation to read ever. It's quite literal, but it, it does kind of line up with the Greek quite well. Um, 
and stuff. So that's why I've used it. Anyway, um, sin is the stuff we do, isn't it? I mean, we know that. We've got sins and transgressions, things that you do that are bad. Um, and I think, like, it ultimately, if sin is like something that ultimately stops us from being fully human, fully who we were made to be. Um, Andy said in his talk, uh, oh, we're created in his image, we're created as children. And our sins kind of take away from that. They kind of, they, they, they rob us of being who we could be. Yeah? And, uh, I mean, we all do them, don't we? No? I mean, put your hand up if you've sinned this year so far. We're in November now. Yeah, we all do them. It's okay. This week? This morning? Did we think the wrong things? Did we get angry in the car? Did we feel annoyed at someone and how that we shouldn't have? Yeah, we all do it, like... Um, and I've heard the, the kind of saying that God doesn't care about our sins as much as we do. And I kind of, I understand that. I understand that sentiment and I, I get it because it comes from a, a Christianity that has taught us to feel constantly guilty about ourselves. That we're kind of sort of fighting against because um, we do wrong things, we'd say wrong things, we'd, we'd, we'd hurt people, we'd... Uh, We'd, and we'd, we start to think, oh, we're just terrible, and we're always going to do this, and we're awful, and we're dirty, rotten sinners, and we're garbage, and we're nothing, and we're dust, and all these things. Um, and God's like, hello, you're forgiven. Like, I've told you the whole of Ephesians 1, how you're, like, chosen, how you're amazing, how you're just flipping unbelievable, and now, like, so stop thinking that. Like, you are, your sins are not going to get in the way of, of my plans and stuff. Like, get over yourselves, you know? Don't mope about in your sins. There's, there's no need to do that. So I get that. But then there's this other side of sin, isn't there? There's this, there's this power side of sin. And so the sin is used in the Bible, um, sometimes like the sins you do, but also a lot in Romans especially, sin is this like person almost. It's a thing. It's a being. It's a power. It's a, something bigger than the stuff we do, yeah? And, and Paul talks about it here, like these um, ideas of the course of the world, the principality of the spirit, and and I, I, like, it makes me think of Jesus before Pontius Pilate. And all this crowd like riled up against him and shouting stuff at him and being like, yeah, kill him, we want to kill him. Yeah, free this prisoner, whatever. And they're all just getting kind of carried along with this thing. And you kind of get the feeling that there's actually bigger forces behind. There's actually like this bigger thing pushing them. You see it, I mean, it's Remembrance Sunday today. And you see it in... in World War, when I think about something like uh, the Nazis, Nazi Germany or something, oh, the Nazis were terrible, oh, it's awful. But, like, imagine that you were actually brought up in Nazi Germany. Imagine that you were, like, brainwashed with the, the things that they kind of said to you, that you started believing the things that, they, they, that was going on. Um, in one case, like, you can't sort of just pin this thing on like a single person as being evil. It's like the whole nation sort of got wrapped up in this and kind of went along with this. Like there was this force, there's this thing at work, there's this ideology, there's this, you know, whatever words we want to give to it, there's a bigger power. Um, and we see it in horrible genocides or, or whatever, but we can also see it in, in our own, in, in our modern day, in the ideologies of our day and the thought patterns of our world that uh, that we can easily kind of get, like, just sucked into. So sin, in this sense, is not about doing a naughty thing or a bad thing. It's actually about kind of following or aligning ourselves with some kind of power, like giving our worship to something that isn't God. And as soon as we do that, 
you know, it's bad news. And then, and, and we, we, we hear this, uh, and, and, and we get to this point, I'm going to skip out a bit, but we get to this point where, where we get this, nat- you by nature, children of wrath. And you know, it's not, um, it's not something we really want to talk about, wrath. And I think that wrath has got maybe a bit of a bad name as a word. Um, when I think of wrath, I think of like me and my kids, and like my wee youngest Jonah, who just loves to wind you up, you know? And like, you tell him not to do something, he just looks at you and he's like, huh? does it again. And you just say, if you do that again, you will feel my wrath, boy. You know, like, and it's like he's pushing you closer and closer and closer to the point where you're just like, ah! And you, you're like, you lose the rag. Get to your room! And everyone's crying and you're all having a bad time. And you feel terrible, he feels terrible, you know? Days ruined, right? But that's not really what this wrath is actually talking about. When you look at the Greek word, it comes from this idea to team and to swell up. And it's actually, um, it can be thought of as actually a fixed and controlled and passionate feeling against sin, uh, against darkness. It's like, it's an opposition. It's, it's this, it's an opposition kind of thing that we, we became part of the opposition, that when we align ourselves under this thing, we, we, we become opposed uh, to the guy that we're meant to be worshiping and we're meant to be, um, we're meant to be in, and we're going to get to that later. So, uh, wrath, in this sense, could be thought about as like this controlled feeling of passion against an, against modern slavery, or against abuse, or against murder, or against extortion. You know, these things are good to feel wrath uh, against, are they not? Um, like when I when I watch Star Wars, great film. Lord of the Rings, yeah, great film. You know, I feel wrath. And I think my wrath when I'm feeling it, when I'm watching this, I'm feeling a controlled opposition towards not so much the stormtroopers and the orcs or whatever. It's more like that ruddy Emperor Palpatine. Oh, hurt that guy. Or like Sauron, you know, that big thing behind it. Because you realize that these guys are just walking in line. They're just sort of like doing what they don't even realize and what they don't have the power to stop. They're not even thinking. They're just kind of going along with what's happening. Um, and that's the thing that, that I really feel wrath towards. Um, you know what? One of the things that I, uh, I'm not a big fan of is characters in stories that never make the wrong decision. Does that annoy anyone else? I mean, you know, like, when you got these characters, they're just perfect. And they just always make the right decision. You're like, boring, because it's not real. It's not true. And it's not like, it's not what life's about, is it? Life isn't about making the right decision all the time. It's not about, like, getting everything perfectly right and having a perfect, cushy, amazing life. Life is, like, about overcoming stuff. And it's about learning. And it's about growing. And it's about coming something new um, that you weren't before. I love this story. And I'm not going to tell you what the name of the story is, because otherwise... I would be spoiling it, and I've, I'm all against spoilers, okay? But now that I'm going to tell you about this story, you might come to me after and say, what's that story about? And then if you ask me, you'll, it'll be spoiled for you, because I just told you what it's about. But anyway, so this story uh, that I'm not going to tell you about is about this guy, and he's a character that you love, and he's got like these amazing feelings, and these amazing, and you just, like, you just love this character. And he's kind of innocent, and he's kind of like come from this place where he didn't know much, and he and then he's like learning so much about the world 
And then this evil force is going after him, and it's trying to catch him. And you're like, run away, run away. And then eventually this evil force overtakes him. All you, all you're all trying to work out, what is this story he's talking about? Um, and the evil force actually captures him. And you think, oh, no, it's terrible. They're going to kill him or torture him, whatever. No, they don't. They, they start, like, kind of manipulating him and start, like, pushing him over to their side. And all of a sudden, he's starting to become this character that you don't like anymore. You're like, no! Don't you realize they're robbing you of who you're meant to be? Don't you realize that, that we loved your feelings that you're now squashing, and we loved your like, emotions that you're now pushing away and stuff, and he just kind of falls into line and starts, you know, like this kind of Nazi Germany thing, just like walking along, just doing what he's told. Just, and it's an amazing story because it doesn't end there, and you'd have to read it if you wanted to find out what happened next. But um, it's got a kind of happy ending. Um, so why does Paul talk about sin here? We've talked about sin a lot. Um, and to be honest, we can feel a bit embarrassed talking about sin, can't we? Uh, that, like, and sin for so often has been the focus of our Christianity. Andy talked about how like, we can look at ourselves like we're just problems that, that need fixed. Um, and, and that's not the case. Um, but I would suggest that the idea of sin does help to make sense of the world that we're in. It helps us understand the world, um, and it helps us understand ourselves as well. Um, to go back to this idea of sin as a power, um, we're influenced by so much stuff we're not even aware of, aren't we? Or is that just me? You know, like, you all of a sudden you're in a bad mood, and you're like, how the heck am I even in a bad mood? Like, it could have been like, you know, someone, someone said to me, or it could have been like an advert, it could have been like someone's shoes, I don't know. It's, it wouldn't be, but if I was really obsessed about fashion, it might be, you know? It could be about all sorts of things. It could be something I looked on my phone when I was scrolling on my Facebook page and stuff. And my point is, like, we are affected by so much stuff that we're not even aware of. And there's actually powerful undercurrents at work, in culture, that is affecting us. Um, And one of these things that I sort of feel like I should talk about is, is... this thing that I've seen recently, and I've seen it on comments on Facebook, and I've seen it in BBC comments and whatever it is, that, um, that we're, it's like kind of humanism, that we will sort out all our problems because we're kind of clever enough and we've sort of progressed enough that we can do it and we can, you know, work out, we can bring justice ourselves. And it looks at Christianity like Christianity has just brought the opposite. It's just brought intolerance. It's brought non-freedom. It's brought inequality um, and stuff like this. And, um, and I think that that is so wrong. And I think that, you know, it's Remembrance Day again, and, and remembering about stuff is important. And actually remembering what Christianity has brought to our culture is amazing. The fact that, that we have a right and a wrong, the fact that we have a moral com- compass at all, And right at the center of Christianity, actually, at the very beginning, is the fact that God created male and female in his image. He created them equal. That, like, there's this equality that we can't find um, if you rely on science or if you rely on anything else. And actually, the the countries, you know, the the nation that we, we talked about this morning, like, the nation that we have is an amazing nation of freedom and stuff that was fought for by these soldiers. But it's founded upon these Christian values that, that built that, that there's such like, that, and I can see even in the Christianity sometimes that we kind of, we're throwing away stuff that was actually good and we don't even realize it. Um, and that we should kind of be thankful for and grateful for. 
And so, the, so Paul is telling us about sin uh, for our understanding, and our understanding leads to an honesty and a self-awareness because we, we're aware of the fact, like I said before, that we could be that guy who brought, was brought up in Nazi Germany and who was sold this stuff, and, and we were all of a sudden in an, in an army, and we had a gun, and we were in a concentration camp, and we were asked to do things, and it's like, what would you do? Who would you be? Like, none of us can answer that question, can we? We have no idea. But what we do know is that humanity, there's a massive potential for, like, evil, <laughs> for badness, for, for rubbish, for stuff to just go wrong. Um, and so, like, like, sin can give us this, this self-awareness uh, as well that, that when we do stuff, it, it hurts. When we do stuff, it messes things up that... That, um, that actually we have stuff to fix and we have stuff to clean up. And if we're, if we're totally unaware of our sin and we're just like, you know what, um, my, my, my sins don't exist, I'm sinless, and uh, like what I do doesn't matter, then we're just going to leave like a trail of destruction behind us. And no one's going to like us, apart from your mum and Jesus. Because, you know, they have to. But... Um, so, so I think that that is important. Sin gives us understanding and, and a honesty and a humility. And then we get to the next point. I've realized that I need to fly through this. God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Um, so I don't like characters that, that never make the wrong choice. I love characters that, that are stories of redemption. You know, we all do of these stories where, where characters actually lose themselves and they forget who they were and then they are brought back and they overcome and they fight and it's like, yeah, so good. And back to this book that I love, like this character, he starts to remember who he is. He starts to remember um, and like through relationship and stuff, he's pulled out of this place and he's pulled into a new place. It's not like back to where he was when he was young and innocent and unaware and stuff. It's actually like a third way, yeah, that is, that is even more glorious because of what he went through, um, which is really interesting. So like, yeah, we love Simba and we love Beauty and the Beast and we love uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and some people in here like, I don't like Star Wars, but you know, I've got grace for you. So um, there's, we are made alive by Christ and it's through multiple ways and one of the ways is through connection, isn't it? Um, I talk, uh, I've talked about how I grew up in a Christianity that was like full of guilt and shame. It was that like you do something wrong and you just feel terrible about it and you just feel like you're an awful person and, and you're nothing in God's eyes and stuff. And it's taken a long time for God to kind of hug this lie out of me, you know, like, and that's the best way I can describe it. Um, it's like when you like, you know, you've had that bad week and you feel like, man, I really messed up this week. I'm an awful person. And then like you're sitting in church and God just pours out his love on you. Like, and you're just like positively buzzing. And ecstatic and you're just so aware of the fact that that is just that doesn't matter like God loves me so much regardless of that um, and it's through connection I remember one of the the most amazing encounters I had with the Holy Spirit um, was 
when I was in my old church and I was, it was in the communion service and this was an old brethren church and, you know, old people stood up and they shared something and then they read, you sang something from this old hymn book that I always thought was awful, you know, and I'll just sit in these services and I remember this guy stood up and I was probably like 15, 14 or something, you know, a teenager who does not want to be there and, uh, this old legend of a man stands up, and I have no idea what he said. Can't remember a word that he said, but something, oh my goodness, it hit me. And I was crying my eyes out. Like, you know, like you're a laugher or a crier, apparently? And I'm like a crier. So when something's beautiful, I just weep, right? And, uh, and I was just crying, and I was with my family, and they must have thought I was like, you know, an absolute crazy person because... That was just not what we did in our family. And, uh, <laughs> and I knew I could stop it at any moment, but I didn't want to. I knew that I could go to the toilet, wash my face, but I'm okay. But it was the most beautiful thing ever. You know, like, I, like that, I don't remember many things from that year. I like playing a lot of computer games. But what I remember is that. That stands out as this defining moment in... I remember picking up this blue book to try and read these old hymns and I couldn't even sing them because like the words were so beautiful because like and all of a sudden I saw things like from this new perspective and I was I was just so aware of the beauty and my my I kind of finished it thinking well uh, that's great but that will probably never happen again um, but you know that's wonderful and thankfully we don't believe that do we <laughs> uh, there's been so many times like that now that God has has had to hug this, this wrong belief out of me. And uh, secondly, it's through knowledge. So it's actually been, you know, we've had amazing talks over and over again of our, our identity as sons, as children. And the whole of Ephesians 1 is like about our identity. And even this, you know, that we are raised to heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that he uh, is showing the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us. We, the Bible is full of stuff that actually is about how amazing we are as human beings. And, you know, like at the end of Ephesians 1, that you are a part of the body of Christ. Christ is the head of which fills all in all. That we're a part of like, you know, anyway, I could go on about this. And and so say that I uh, do something terrible, which is quite possible, you know? Say that I hurt someone that I love dearly. Say that I do something off, I, a sin that is just so bad. It doesn't lead, you know, I feel guilt. There's nothing wrong with feeling guilt. That guilt doesn't lead to shame. It doesn't lead to like a belief that therefore I am bad, that I am terrible, that I am nothing, that I am rubbish, that all these things. It doesn't lead to that. Rather, it kind of leads to like a disappointment more. It's more like, ah, I'm better than that. Like I, I was made for more than that. I was made for God. I was made to be a son of God. And like, that doesn't really fit with that. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a disappointment that you've hurt and you've got like stuff now to do. And it's like, I need to fix that. I need to actually do something about that. I need to grow from it. And, and it's hard and it feels rubbish, but we know that actually at the end of it, we're going to get to that third way. We're going to get to an even greater place of understanding, of humility, of love. And, and yeah, so God has made us alive. 
And it's not, it's not always easy to be alive. Anyone notice that? <laughs> like, it's not always easy to be awake, um, especially in November. It just really sucks trying to wake up in the morning, you know? And, I, like, being awake and being alive, these ideas of, like, Christianity, it's not easy. It's much easier to just fall asleep and die away and follow the current. And as long as you've got, like, a Netflix to watch other night or something, you know? You can get by. It's fine. We'll just sit on the back and one day we'll be sitting with our feet up in heaven. All right. And, and nope, not allowed because the next part is the last part. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared for beforehand that we should work in them. So you've been saved, yeah? All right. And it was a gift, and uh, so no one can boast, like it wasn't your work. So it's back to this like, idea of humility that, that is a theme in Christianity, and in the past it's been confused with like self-deprecation. Humility is about being, I'm awful, and I'm terrible, and I'm rubbish, and that's not what humility is about. Um, humility, in, in this case, Paul's just talked about how you're raised to heavenly places, how you are actually awesome. He's like, you are amazing. Um, but remember that it's because you're in Christ. Remember that God, like remember what God has done and remember what you could have been. Remember like if you'd just gone along with the currents that were around you and um, and I, I remember when I was younger, there was always like this grace versus works debate around this passage, you know, like, is it grace, is it works, or whatever. And I'm like, it's not even really a question, because it's, the, the focus is all wrong. It's like a focus on this Christianity about, be, you know, and this is like my gospel thing, like, the gospel being about one day getting to heaven, and like your salvation as you get into heaven and not going to hell or something. And Paul hasn't said any of that in this. This is the gospel, and he hasn't talked about that at all. And which I find interesting uh, because um, one other thing, have you noticed that all through chapter one and this part, and this is just something that I was, when I was reading it, it just became really clear. He just keeps saying in Christ, like you create in Christ for good works. And, um, and all through chapter one, you are like chosen in Christ and you're in Christ and you're the church you're, you're the, is the body of Christ, and he's the head. And um, it's like, why does Paul keep saying in Christ? I mean, uh, it kind of gets repetitive, yeah? Um, and I think that he's, he's wanting to really uh, hit home this message that we are a part of something way bigger than ourselves. That actually, the gospel... It's not just about us being saved. It's not about, like, your salvation and your personal salvation. I mean, that is a massive part of the gospel. Remember what I said, like, with, like, there's so many parts to the gospel. If we focus on one, it becomes untrue. Actually, the gospel is about being in something. And, and, uh, and yet, at the end of Ephesians 1, talks about that being in Christ so that Christ can fill all in all. And, and Paul puts it really clearly, doesn't he? And he says, like, you can be in death, or you can be, you can be like, sorry, dead in sin, or you can be alive in Christ. 
Like, you can choose two things to be in, and one of the things brings pain and suffering and sadness and all the problems with the world, and one of the things brings love, joy, peace, beauty, truth, um, goodness, all these amazing things. And we get to one of my favorite verses of all the Bible, uh, where he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. And this is where I feel like the ESV just cuts it short because it's the, the Greek word poema, which kind of, there's this artistic element to it that actually we are masterpieces. Like we are a masterpiece of immense beauty. And, and as much as history can testify to the immense depths that humanity and humans can go to, also testifies to the infinite heights that humanity can go to. Like, it's not amazing, like, how there's just this huge big spectrum. I like, hum- humans are just amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And we've been created in Christ for good works. Um, so to be saved is about becoming alive and about becoming fully human, about uh, becoming what God intended us to be. And Anthony said last week, it looks like something. And he also said about the sacred-secular divide, like we often think like some things are spiritual and good and other things are not like spiritual and not so good. So if you're like praying or something, that's like spiritual and that's really good. But if you're like teaching someone physics on a Monday morning, that's like, that's not really spiritual. That's not on a different, that's a totally different level. And he's like, no, like let's get rid of that kind of divide that that God is interested in everything and he's made us so unique and so beautiful and we all have different things that make us tick and we all have different things that we feel alive for and we need each other and and actually these good works it's good is all about becoming what you were made to be becoming what God created you to be and living out of that um, and that could look like uh, raising some incredible human beings in a house of love. It could look like standing for the oppressed. It could look like clothing the poor. It could look like fighting to keep families together. It could look like healing the sick or raising the dead or making a business from nothing or solving the world's energy problems or discovering the intricacies of physics. It could look like a million billion different things that God has put inside of us and when we start doing that, when we start becoming that, we start becoming this beautiful masterpiece. And we're not like finished yet, are we? We're not like, we're not done. I mean, it would be so boring if we were all just finished masterpieces here. Like, no, like we're on a journey. We're being created. We are like becoming something that we have no idea what that'll even look like at the end. Like when I look back 10 years at my own life and I think, wow, can't believe I was there or I did that or I thought that or looked like that. How much God has brought me on and how much God has, has made inside me. Um, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Heidi Baker, Sia Khaleesi, Kanye West. These are all stories that resonate, Kanye West, <laughs> deep inside of us. Because they're stories of redemption, they're stories of people who were dead coming alive, people who were asleep being made awake when when someone asked Kanye he's like why did you write that song then about I won't even say I can't even say the title of it it's that bad um, and he's like well, well I was asleep and now I'm awake you know and and these stories of people refusing to stay asleep refusing to be defeated refusing to be what these these currents of the world try to push us into and saying I'm 
going to be in Christ, and I'm going to worship him, and I'm going to get all those goodies, and I'm going to believe all that stuff that he says about me, and I'm going to think about all those things that he's put inside of me that he wants me to become. Like the gospel, you can't say, is it about grace? Is it about works? It's about, like, salvation is about becoming something beautiful and being a part of something bigger than us. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And and if you've fallen asleep, Jesus is, I believe, waking you up today. And I think that some people in us need a bit of a wake-up. Um, you're not a finished piece yet, and Jesus isn't done with us yet, and the gospel is not about getting to heaven. It's about waking up, and it's about realizing, actually, that heaven <laughs> is here, that heaven is amongst us, that heaven and hell are present realities, you know? I've been in both, <laughs> and uh, you know, tasted both. I can tell you, heaven's a lot better, yeah? And, and, and it's something that we can grasp now, and it's, it's about coming alive and recognizing that we're a part of something so much bigger than ourselves, finding our true purposes in him so that we can become masterpieces of immense beauty, stories that bring life and remind others of what it looks like to be truly human. So Jesus is the hope of the world. Like We are in him. We are his body, and we are the hope of the world. And that is the gospel. Come on. Um, so yeah, we are out of time, but could we just respond to this somehow? So let's just close our eyes, or open our hands, and I'm just going to pray for us now, because we have to do something about this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like like some of us feel like we've just fell asleep a bit. <laughs> like we're going along with stuff that that is, uh, and, and some of us feel like we're asleep and we don't actually know why we're asleep. And I would just say, ask Holy Spirit now, ask him, what is it that I'm just kind of going along with? What is it that that I'm just following that, and, and how do I get out of this? Because God has the answers to these. God is all about waking us up and keeping us alive. I feel like some people have forgotten what God's put inside of them. And I think you need to get some prayer after, and you need to get people speaking into you, because God is, and we've, we've kind of thought, oh, what, what, what we're doing is not spiritual, and it's very earthly, and, and that's rubbish. Because God has made you, because God, everything is spiritual. <laughs> and the, the, we're, we, are, we are not separated into different things. We're all joined together as one thing. And you can't just pull our spirit out of us and pull our body out of us and stuff. We're all joined together, and God has made all these things good. And I just, I just yeah, God is, right now I believe that, that God is bringing things to mind that you've forgotten about or that you've never even known about yourself or that because of old past words and stuff you've thought that's not me and and God is bringing these to mind and he's saying like you were made for good works and he's going to give you courage to go after these 
So, Father God, I just thank you that you care for us. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that your gospel is bigger than we could ever comprehend, that your good news is, is better than we could ever imagine. I thank you that, that you have made us so unique. You have made us so beautiful. I pray that we would see ourselves in that way and you would remind us, Lord. And I pray that if anyone in here needs a hug from you, that you would just pour out your affection on them right now, that they would just know that they are loved by the creator of the universe. Amen.